Welcome, everyone, to episode 21 of Writer's Block Podcast, available at writersblockpodcast.com, downloadable at iTunes, and enjoyable at allthingscomedy.com. I'm your host, J.R. Havlin. Tonight's episode brought to you by The Calculator Watch, the past today. Regular listeners know my purpose here is to interview television's best comedy writers and find out how they got where they are, how they do what they do, and how they go from a blank page to a final draft. But I'll mix that up every once in a while, keep you on your toes. This is one of those times. My guest is Chris Mundy, who is not a comedy writer, but is an accomplished television writer and producer who is about to say words with his mouth place that you'll do yourself a favor by listening to with your ear holes. Chris started his career writing for Rolling Stone magazine before he moved on to television, writing for Chicago Hope, writing and eventually becoming executive producer of Criminal Minds, and now he has created and is the executive producer of Low Winter Sun, AMC's latest show that will premiere Sunday, August 11th at 10, following Breaking Bad. Woo! Nice time slot. Chris and I talk about our meager beginnings. Well, my meager beginnings. Though we did live in the same building on a crack block in the East Village back in the early 90s. Heady times. Chris shares the pressure of writing a series finale when you're not really sure if it's the end of the series. Problem number one, you have to be careful who you kill off. Chris opens up about the astonishing process he went through to successfully pitch his new show and get it on the air. It's a crazy story. And then, Mr. Mundy goes deep and explains why it's so important to know what you're writing about, to know what your show is about, so that whatever you write, it has that depth behind it. Here's a taste. Because you, you always have to be like, okay, what is this about? I used to have this conversation with a woman I worked at Rolling Stone with. Like, she'd like, be like, okay, I've got this story and I'm, I'm doing it. And I said, well, what's it about? And she said, well, it's, you know, it's about, you know, this band. And I went on the road with them and then this happened and this happened. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, that's what happened. What's it about? Like, you know, and, and you need to find that. Chris also shares a little about his new show, how he found it, or more specifically, how it found him but also how he took a chance and injected his own ideas into it so that he could know what it was about and develop it from a personal perspective. It ain't comedy, but it's creativity at its core, and I am proud and happy to present it to you free of charge. Need I remind you, I'm not even selling mugs or t-shirts. I am working on a snow globe idea, but it's in pre-production, so the show is still totally free. Just my way of giving back. This is episode 21 with my guest Chris Mundy, you're part of the writer's block now. Good choice. That's that's the that's the drill. And then, but uh, uh, but I haven't seen you in such a. I know, you know it's been forever. Because so like, you know now when we come out for the Emmys with the kids, I don't even think I saw. Well, we didn't come out last year for the. And Emmys. I didn't see you the year before. I know I that. Me, yeah, has it really been like three years? It's been like yeah. God damn. Well, you yeah. look good. So do you. Yeah, well, uh, you know. Oh, come on. <laughs> I wasn't asking for that. <laughs> what made you think I was fishing for compliments? Um, welcome to the Rise Block, Chris Mundy. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Isn't it exciting? It's kind of silly, isn't it? So this will be the only formality part of it, and then we can just... And then we can just talk. And yeah. yeah, but the closer I'll you put, stay, I'll the put, better I'll put my is. serious face on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris is, uh, uh, why don't you help me with your resume? Because when I met you years and years ago in New York, you were writing for Rolling Stone, I think. So yeah, so that was uh, 11 years at Rolling Stone, kind of 12, 13-ish. Were even you once really I, there Yeah, yeah. Um, 
seven years full-time in the office, a little more, and then four years on contract. And then even after that, I, I kept doing stuff for him when I started writing for TV, but then uh, eventually got too busy. It was hard to pull off both at the same time. Right, right. Um, and then, yes, yeah, since then, uh, I've been writing for TV. I've done mostly drama. I did one year in a, in a comedy. but uh, Did you? Yeah, it's true. I was on a show <laughs> called Leap of Faith. We were on... We were on After Friends. Yeah, I remember we were, off, we were on After Friends, yeah. I was a... Uh, Wasn't it... Uh, um, it was Jenny Bix ran it, who, uh, who was just coming off of being one of the main people on Sex and the City. And okay. uh, she now does the big C on, uh, on Showtime. Oh, but, really? Uh, okay. Um, and, but, the, but it was... Uh, um, who was in it, right? It was Sarah Paulson, Ken Marino, Regina King, and Lisa Edelstein. Okay, and one of them was Faith. Am I wrong? <laughs> one of them was Faith. It was one of those. It was one of those. It was one of those shows. That's how they tell them all. It's like The Simpsons does that stuff all the time. We 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 play that gag at work all the time too. Where it's like uh, the show's called Leap of Faith. I play Charles Leap. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> that wasn't your first television. So gig, first, my very first TV gig was the final season of Chicago Hope. Coming and off of coming off of. I'm sorry. No. Like when. So You're so rude. You You're such a rude of, host. You come out of school, Brown will throw it in, little plug. <laughs> they need it, they need Go it. Go Bears, yeah. 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 Go Bears. <laughs> Is it really Bears? It was Bruins when I was there. They this, decided to change it, and they changed it from Bruins to Bears. I have absolutely no idea why. But the Brown Bears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird. Um, and what did you study? Uh, I was an English major, and then I there's this honors program in creative writing that you can sort of audition for, and I was in that, which was... Um, in the fiction part of the oh, wow. writing of that, so and then you come out and you did you start writing for Rolling Stone right away? I did. Well, I did an internship at this magazine called Seven Days, which uh, no longer exists, but uh-huh. was actually pretty great. It was sort of like a New York Magazine thing. Um, we were housed. We were owned by the same people that owned the Village Voice, and so we were in the offices next to the Voice. And uh, I remember when the Village Voice was there, like you'd that was it. Down I, and you'd get your Village Voice. Yeah, no, and then in the corner. Yeah, and I'm all through college. I was like, I would read the Voice. It was like mecca. It's like, oh, if I want to be in, in the arts, I got to be reading the Voice, even yeah, if, if I want to. If I want to be in the arts, also if I want to get a futon. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Mainly if that's I want exactly to get a futon. Right. <laughs> so yeah, so we, was it seven days, and then after that, I uh, I just applied to a handful of places uh, for assistant jobs in magazines, and Rolling Stone had an opening, and they told me they wanted a two year commitment, and there was no chance to write. So then you have to be like, oh yeah, that's perfect for me. So yes. what would you be doing? Answering phones and fixing the copier when it jam. Never learn how to fix the copier because then you're just the guy who can fix the copier. So you you have this writing background, you have this training. It's just and a silly a thing. They, they tell that I got I was lucky. I got writing within the first like two or three months. So right. So they and just say that. They so say that, that so they don't think like you're making promises. Yeah, if yeah. they want to like kick you to the curb, mm-hmm. you know. But no one takes that job unless they want to write. You know, it's right. just silly. Uh, and I got lucky. They were doing. Uh, they were doing this thing on college bands at the time, like college radio at the time. And the woman who was doing it didn't know that much about, you know, who she would want to do. So she was just asking me which bands to cover. And I started telling her. And eventually she was doing everyone I told her to cover. So she's like, well, do you like to write three of them? And I said, yes. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, and then from there, it just kind of kept rolling. And, and was got, this got just, a bunch of work. was this knowledge of these bands just came from listening I, just, to them Just because it was the stuff I listened to. Yeah. I mean, it was you like, weren't like it a was, DJ in college. No, no. But it was like, you know, it was Pixies when Surfer Rosa was out. And, you know, Dinosaur Jr. when, you know, You're Living All Over Me was out. So it was like, for me, it was like, that was easy. You know, that was everything I was listening to. You were, um, not that it's changed much, but you were like the, the coolest dude. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, changed. <laughs> it wasn't true then and it's changed know, drastically now. No, no, no. I know that it was my own doing. <laughs> I know now how wrong I was. 
but uh, 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 but I didn't know you right out of the gate. And uh, um, eventually, I moved in with Stuart and um, and Greg Meter, yeah, and Josh Pollock in a two bedroom. Sixth floor walk up, Twelfth Street. Yeah, on Twelfth Street. Which I eventually was a total lived in that crack building. Block. Yeah. there were crack courts on there. The were, people would line and people would line up. There was the one doorway, like three doors up from that building, because I lived in that building right when you guys were moving out. I moved one floor down. Yeah, right. And uh, people would literally line up like it was Seven Eleven, uh, and you could buy heroin and crack up like up that thing. Like, yeah, people would like shoot up on the like between cars when I was walking my dog. Right, which is and that's where we lived. That's and, great when your parents come to visit too. They're so yeah, happy yeah. to have sent you off to New York. Well, the well, the thing the thing that uh, um, kind of built you up in my mind right out of the gate was that like we lived on the sixth floor of a sixth floor walk up in a in this two bedroom apartment, um, and you lived on the fifth floor, so you didn't have to walk up as much, <laughs> which already you had something on us. Plus, there were four of us in, in the basically the same apartment. There were four of us in ours and you and yours. <laughs> like, can't one of us just stay there? That's what happens when you break up with your girlfriend you're living with. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's absolutely horrible. You're like, I'll pay anything, any mm. amount of money to be out of this situation. That, that's what you came over there from 3rd Street or where? From 4th Street. Yeah. yeah. Between Which is actually where I met you. I think, in fact, the first time I met you might have been when we went over to your house and had, a, I don't know if we should even talk about what went on? Oh yeah, that was that was a that was that was fun. That was yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But it did happen. <laughs> send in send in your comments and guesses. Yeah, exactly. To uh, Writer's Block Podcast at Gmail. Um, so then you're out in New York the whole time. You're working at. Uh, uh, you're doing all this work for uh, Rolling Stone. You start doing the freelance stuff, but you're still in New York? When- still in New York. And uh, I moved I sort of, I moved to California by accident and got into television by accident. I basically, my wife, who was we also were- a magazine writer, um, we'd just gotten married, and then she ended up applying to law school and got into law school at Stanford. Stanford, right. So suddenly it was like, it was like, oh, damn, like we're moving to California. <laughs> we didn't even, we just didn't, you know. And luckily I was on contract with the magazine, so they would just, I owed them like 10 stories a year, and so they'd send me off and I'd do, you know, like would you travel to go do stories? I would travel to go to stories anyway, you know. So, you know, they were always like sending me on the road mm-hmm. with some band, so it didn't matter where I was. Um, so, we, so we moved to Palo Alto, but moving from the East Village of New York to Palo Alto, right. when your wife is a first-year <laughs> law student and just only studying and, you know, you're in this, it's it's the middle of like a tech boom. And it's just, it's it. I was fairly miserable. So, uh at the end of the first Although Palo Alto year, is a nice little town. It's but beautiful. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's just not the East Village. So by the end of that year, as pretty as it was, I was just a little adrift. And so um, and doing a ton of work for the magazine. But my contract with the magazine was coming up and, and I was about to renew. And luckily, they're, they're like, we'll keep paying you under the old terms while we negotiate the new terms. And in that same time, uh, Nilu, my wife, who... Uh, Said like you know, look, we're you know, you'd love to write for TV. Once you write for TV, we're in California. I'm like, first of all, we're in Northern California. <laughs> Second of all, I've never <laughs> written a TV script in my life. Like you know, and I'd never written a TV script. I wrote one in four days. I mailed it off to somebody I knew in LA. You didn't have an agent. I didn't have an agent. He passed it on to two different agents. I met with them both. I signed with my original first agent. Then I, that was a comedy. Then I turned around. Was and it? Was it? It was a spec of a, an existing show. Yeah. Well, well uh, was... sports night. Oh, I wrote yeah, a sports night. Yeah, okay. Um, and they signed me. This woman Sue Nagel. And then I wrote an hour drama. And next thing I knew, another spec. Another spec. 
And did they ask you to do that? Yeah, they said you needed to, and I didn't. I didn't know. I knew so little that it was my ignorance was actually really helpful. Like I didn't. You're usually supposed to pick between comedy and drama. I just I did both. They put me up for both jobs. At one point, I was about to get an, uh, an offer on this half hour show, and I was like, "Oh, I, it's it's bad. I'm not. I wouldn't take that." And my agents were like, "What?" And I'm like, "Well, no. I mean, I can't be away from my wife for doing something bad. I'd much rather do anything else. You know. I'll, you know." And I like it. Usually stories like that end. And that show was yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, that show was not Seinfeld. No. But so, <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. And then they, so they, they ended up putting me up for other stuff instead. And I met with this guy named Henry Brumel, who was my first boss, who was an amazing, amazing guy. Like This was it for Chicago Hope? This was for Chicago Hope. And, and I, I knew so little about TV. Uh, but I didn't realize that there's, you know, the first 13 episodes and then they decide whether or not they're going to pick you up for the back nine and all that kind of stuff. I never really considered that we could get canceled or not, you know. Yeah, you don't it was, know anything about It was, it was about coming that. back and I didn't, but I didn't know anything about that. Essentially, what, you but, feel like you have, you have a job, you don't even know what the future of it is, but you can't imagine that there is much of one. Yeah. And, and you just don't even know. And I also needed, in order to be able to pay our rent, our two rents, it was sort of predicated on me getting promoted from the front, from the first 13 to the back nine. Which I was just like, oh yeah, well that you know, hopefully it'll go well and that'll happen, but it right. doesn't really happen. But I got lucky and it happened. And my boss's assistant, Daniel Camille, if you ever listen to this, he was like this amazing guy, but unfortunately he moved off to Providence, so I don't That's get to see, boss I don't get to see him all the time. The assistant Daniel. Okay. I was supposed to write script thirteen. I'd written like number five, and then I was supposed to write thirteen. But staff writers don't get paid extra for your scripts. But if you're once you're not a staff writer, you do. And I was like, could you ask, just see if Henry wouldn't mind me being script 14 instead of 13. And Daniel just kind of subtly was like, you know, maybe Chris should be for, and, and he did. And so I got paid for that script and it kept us afloat. Was that, was that like without Once I got realizing promoted. what they were doing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, he would have done it, but I was I, probably on his own. They I knew asked him, you, but I was they just. They knew why he, you asked though. Daniel did, but the bo- my boss, Henry didn't. But oh, it, okay. it honestly like saved, it saved our life. Otherwise, I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> we wouldn't have been able to afford to, yeah, right. to stay in both places. That's so wild. And then, but but there you're talking about you get into something you have no idea what you're getting into, and then already you're playing. You're pulling a savvy move to get. I paid. didn't even. I, I my way was just survival. I wrote two. I wrote two Rolling Stone cover stories while during that first season of Chicago Hope because I you know needed the cash. You eventually went on, you were working on Criminal Minds for a long time. I worked you, on Criminal Minds for for five seasons and um, it was, you know. F- which, f- hilarious show. Oh my God, yeah. Well, you gotta, to you gotta you find here. the humor, you gotta find the humor it's, in it. I think, I, what, you're, what, you're, you're, luckily you, you, yeah. you do, you understand the It's humor. one of the questions I, that I wrote down for you was, <laughs> how, how do you write a punchline when your setup is finding half of a woman's body in a dumpster? Oh God, my mom, go. my, my mom used to be like, oh, okay, well. So anyway, how do you do research for those shows? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's okay, mom, no, you didn't fail head, like, as a yeah. parent, I swear to God. So where do you yeah. get your stories, Christopher? They kill a lot of mothers on that show. I'm guessing your mother calls you Christopher. <laughs> Only in times of stress. <laughs> Which is all the time. <laughs> the, um, so but yeah, so I was on... I was on uh, and you became executive producer. Executive now, producer right? from starting in the third season. I actually... Yeah, it's third third season on, and kind of and we'll talk, to we'll run talk about that, that role, I'm and then created that. the spinoff for that show, um, which was not the most fun experience in the world, but I'm glad I did it. And and then now, currently, I have a show that I uh, 
developed and and, the, and running that's going to be coming on AMC in August called Low Winter Sun, um, which has been a ball so far. And, and that's it's that another was, dark show, but it, that was but adap- I did not know that was adapted from an English show. It was adapted from an English show. It's funny. It's like it's they call it a TV show, but it was two parts. So it's really a movie. It was two and a half hours long. So, like a mini, or a yeah, mini, I mean, a mini mini series. Yeah, mini exactly. Um, and so you know, my job was it was great. So that that was that was lucky because I was inheriting something that the bones of it are really great. Right. Um, but I had to figure out how it could run for hopefully yeah, fifty to hundred episodes rather. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely want to talk. You know, we'll 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 make our way up a little bit chronologically to that. But I definitely want to get to the point where we talk about that idea of what is the process of that creation and and showing the network that you've taken this thing and you know how, how do you how do you present the idea that like yes this will work for a long term thing so right. we'll we'll get to that but we were you were on how you wrote two cover stories I'd just be interested in what those cover stories were while oh, you were that, working for another show um, wait we're in the office the phone yeah sorry here. you want to get it no oh it just went straight to oh, oh nice. good it's one thing uh, no yeah perfect <laughs> um, I can edit that out easy <laughs> but I won't because it's really entertaining. It broke the tension. Because things are happening here. It's like, they, it's like Grand Central in here. There's a dog. Oh, there's a dog in here. So any, uh, those two cover stories, those, I think those were the, were those the last two I ever did. They're not my high high points. The first one was Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, and the second... <laughs> uh, no, I didn't mean... I didn't mean... Well, they weren't the greatest stories with the most interesting people in no, the world. There was Leo DiCaprio. I, I didn't. I did, and the other was the other was Britney Spears. I ended up... I, I'd actually, I'd I actually, remember that you wrote that. Oh my god! I, well, I, the funny thing was, was that I had the one asked, with the with controversial cover. No, that okay, was right. Stephen Daly wrote that one. That okay. was the first one we did. Um, no, the funny thing was, I had it was toward the end of the year, and I asked my boss, "I'm like, I'm done. I'm not writing another script. All the all the scripts are kind of all the stories are basically broken. Do you mind if I go do this story? You know?" And he's like, "No, no problem at all." Then everything melted down. Like I, I, I was. This is you talking about your boss at Chicago Hope? My boss at Chicago Hope, and uh, and at the end of that season, it became this. He kind of walked walked away from the show, and all these other people were gone. I was literally on a tour bus in Albany with Britney Spears, and I get a call from a woman who was a supervising producer on the show. She was kind of like the only person still standing, and she was like, "I need. Can you fly back here?" I'm like, "Well." I'm going to Worcester tomorrow <laughs> with Brittany, but after that I can get I can get back. She's like, I need you to help me write the finale of the show, which ended up being the finale of Chicago, the last Chicago Hope ever. And uh, wow! So I flew back, and I and had only, this is your first. This is my first job, <laughs> and I had a cover the cover story had a tight deadline, so I literally stayed in that office and wrote half of, co-wrote the last Chicago Hope ever. And the Britney Spears cover story simultaneously because they were both had the same deadline. And it was like year and like four, and I had like we had like four days to do it. It was it was nuts. And the the hard thing about the Chicago Hope was we had to write a finale that could work if the show was going to keep going for another season because it was on the fence. So you couldn't just kill everybody. We couldn't kill everybody, but we had to make it so that it could definitively end the show if the show was right. over. It felt like this is the end of the series. So uh, so how to. Yeah, so we bought a bunch of beer and sat in the office and talked about it. Um, but it and and we managed to pull it off. Uh, oddly, to this day, I've still never seen it. Oh really? Yeah. It, uh, 
I remember, Chicago Hope was on for a long time. It was on was six a, years and had a and it was it had an impact. I mean, it was a really yeah. No, it was a, it was a, yeah, and it was it was it was a big. It was one of the David early, Kelly. It was like that and ER were kind of the they, early. They premiered like, together. I think even against each other. Um, the weird thing for us was the year that um, the year that I came on. All of us were new. They brought an entirely new writing staff, and they replaced half the actors. So um, Mark Harmon and Adam Arkin. Trying to think of any, and um, Hector Elizondo stayed, but then a bunch of other people were were let go, and they brought back Mandy Patinkin, they brought in Barbara Hershey, Carlo Gugino, and then so we were all kind of winging it to mm-hmm. a, a, a little bit. Um, so there was again, there was something kind of fun about it. I knew so little that I didn't know what was normal and what, what right, right, right. Yeah, when you, you get know? your first job, you're just like, I yeah. guess this is how it goes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that, and I've, I've heard that from other people as well, where it's sort of like, well, I'm here until one in the morning, and so that's normal, right? Right. right. I, don't, yeah. I don't know. And, and then, you also and then, just don't know. You don't then you know. go to another job, and you're like, really? Yeah, like, wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I can go, go home at six, and it's like, yeah, really? yeah, see my kids? And also, you don't understand yet some of the decision-making that is going into those scripts that have to do with production and time or actor schedules or like, I mean, there's, there's, right. You yeah, know, like, yeah. it, it's, That's interesting. it's great. Yeah. And you've got, you've got freedom to do writing and hopefully good writing, but at the same time you're constrained by, you have eight days to shoot an episode and you know, your pattern budget is you've got to be five days on your standing sets and three days out or Chicago Hope is probably even probably six on and But you don't in. know any of this stuff. You don't, you know nothing really, you know, and even when people say it to you, you kind of just nod as if, you know what they're talking about. Well, and, and this right, don't. and so, but, but I think I, f- I felt like you were saying at one point that that kind of like maybe even helped you because I think initially, a- I mean, I think I think there was there's no you come into it then with no cynicism. You come into it with just do I like this? Is this good? Is this not? I mean, it's funny after after I did the spinoff of Criminal Minds, which again was not the most pleasant experience, but a really valuable one in terms of getting a new show up and running and dealing with two different studios, a network, and an uh, independent producer. You know, you, you step away. Like, Criminal Minds has been, was great to me, and I love it. And I still love all the people at that show, all my friends. I had tons of friends still there. But I hadn't invented the original, you know, and, and so it, inventing the spinoff wouldn't have been the thing I automatically did. So it was kind of more of a homework assignment that I could do well because I knew the show, or hopefully well. Um, was it your idea? Did you say to them? Oh, no, they wanted to do a spinoff okay. and then they asked me to do it. Okay. Um, so, but what was interesting is coming out of that experience, I was trying to think like, okay, what do, what am I actually interested in? What if I if just, if I was just alone on my own, what do I watch? What movies do I go to? What books do I read? You know, those kind of things. This and is post spinoff. Post spinoff. Post spinoff. And, and it was really trying to get back to the same way you approach it at the beginning when you don't know anything about the business and what... You know, you're not thinking like, like, okay, this is a good job or that's not a good job. Um, you're just thinking, does it interest me? Could I write it? Do I, you know what I mean? The things you should be asking yourself, uh-huh. um, you know, and, and, and the most pure level. So when you know so little, you're only thinking, does this feel real? Is it interesting? Would I watch it? Is, do, you know, do I like these characters? How do I make this more fun? You know, or, or whatever. In Chicago, it's usually fun. It was kind of, you know, it was fairly light. So once you come off of the Criminal Minds spinoff, which <coughs> which did air, yeah, yeah, and it was Forrest Whitaker was the lead, and and, and we did uh, we were mid season, and we did we did that season, and then that was it, and then that was it, yeah. But you felt like that wasn't really even your idea or something. So then well, it's after that, yeah. That I mean, I was lucky to have, what I, am I going to do next? I was lucky to have been asked to do it, but but yeah, but I was kind of like, wait a minute, I need to kind of get back to a, a place where I'm driving. It, it comes a little bit more from 
what I would automatically want to be want to be doing. Yeah. And so, but there was there was some time in between that and this current gig. I know you were working on a book. There was uh, I was finishing up a book, uh, a novel, and then um, and then I which was, I have not read. But I don't. I, I don't can, even know what it's called. I mean, <laughs> I'm ashamed to say. But no, it, no, 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 no. It was no, a time when we weren't having much. No, no, contact. no. It still it doesn't. We're still figuring out where it's going to exist in the world. So it's all fine. Uh, Does it exist in the world? Not yet. No. It soon, doesn't even no, exist no, in the world yet. Hopefully soon. It's you called, didn't send anything to me for notes or anything like that. <laughs> I could probably use them. You punch it up. I could definitely probably use it. Um, yeah. So from in between there, then I then I took some time. I wrote a couple pilots um, just on my own and. Then AMC read one of them and um, asked me to write a, a pilot for them. Um, they, they weren't going to do that, but they off of that they gave me this thing called the blind script deal and said, "Then we want to commit to you writing a pilot for us. We just figure out what it is." So, so you, I did okay. I did that, which became Low Winter Sun. But in the interim of that, like while I waited to see whether or not they were going to film the pilot and then pick it up to series, I was kind of like, "Oh wait, I I also need <laughs> I have <laughs> I have two children. I need I need a job." And luckily it worked that uh, the same studio, Endemol, and the same network, AMC, that were doing my pilot for AMC, also produced Hell on Wheels, which is on um, yeah. AMC, the Western, which is great. And uh, so I went and worked on the second season of that, which was, which was, which was great. And it, it, while that was happening, I went through the process. They narrowed down all their scripts to six, and then there's this sort of presentation you have to do, which is long and somewhat arduous, but... Uh, Makes you really think about the show, and oh, from so there they decided to pick up, my, shoot the pilot. They have those six people come in and present yeah. There's their there's case. a three day. There's a three day. They they used to call it the bake off, and then they they don't like the word bake off anymore. But you know, so you for lack of a yeah, exactly for lack of a better term, it was the bake off. And they yeah they 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 book a conference room in a hotel for three days straight, and then there's a morning session and an afternoon session, and the six script you know scripts kind of you come in and state your case and like spoke for like three hours straight. Were you supposed um, to for three hours? Pretty much, yeah. It's like it's like a you know, and they're asking questions. There, yeah, there's like a big presentation of like you lay out. Here's what the show is. Here's the tone of the show. Here's the look. But they've already I ran seen, through all the they, characters. They've, already, have, they've read they've this script. Pilot oh yeah, read. they've like yeah, they've read it. You're breaking down future episodes. Future where episodes. Go with all this. The, every character, what their arc for the season's going to be. What the what the ten episodes of a season would probably look like. And it's just you. And then it's just me. What and do you then, wear? What? What do you wear? I look fantastic. Yeah. What do you wear for that? <laughs> I wore a collared shirt, which is yeah, a, right. doesn't happen a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen. Oh, it's a big, it's a yeah. big, it's a big day. <laughs> you guys don't know this, but it takes a lot to get Chris to put on a collared shirt. How amazing is this? Honestly, where else do you get to hear stuff like this? And from the guy who created and will be running AMC's newest show, Low Winter Sun, which will follow Breaking Bad on AMC starting Sunday, August 11th. Don't miss it. Writer's block, y'all. Spread the word. I hope you find this all even half as fascinating as I do. Let me know. Writersblockpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, at writersblockpod. Look us up on allthingscomedy.com. And to really make sure you don't miss a block, which is a phrase I just made up, but I'm not sure I'm going to stick with, subscribe to Writer's Block on iTunes. And don't forget to leave a review, preferably a favorable one. Those are nicer to read. Who leaves a negative review on iTunes? Is that how you want to spend your time? Uh, Just don't listen. You really feel like it's up to you to warn the others? Oh, my God. 
All right, enough rambling. Let's get back to this eye-opening, all-access, behind-the-scenes pass, courtesy my friend Chris Mundy, executive producer of AMC's Low Winter Sun. The idea of the uh, um, of the pitch, and so is the idea in your head. Do you are you thinking like, or do you know that they're going to pick one of those six? They're going to pick one. Yeah, I know they're going to pick one of the six. Actually, in this case, for the first time ever, they picked two, and they filmed both with the intent of picking both up to series. So you go through that. You go through this this arduous process, Um, but you know they're. It's not like they don't have a right to ask the questions, but uh, so you know they're going to pick. pick something up, then you got to go film it. Then you edit it. Then they look at that. Then they decide whether or not they're picking up to series. Yeah, so, sure. I mean, it's, it's still, it's a long, you're a long way from, you And know, if they don't finished. pick it up for series, they don't even show that thing that they No, yeah, doing. no, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just gone. And actually in the, this case, they picked two of us, they filmed two of the pilots and we were lucky they picked up, they picked up mine to series. The other one's sort of in uh, limbo if, if they've rolled it. So it might... They could eventually pick it up, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. And this sure is for that. low winter sun. Low right? winter sun. Yeah, the only problem is... Sundays on AMC. Yeah, you got We're going to premiere behind uh, the final season of Breaking Bad. So oh, It's going to really? be Breaking Bad, oh, then us, yeah. Great. I know, I know. It's like, it's, like, it's going to be Breaking Bad from 9 to 10 and us from 10 to 11. I, oh, you know, I, I told that to the writing staff and everyone's like, ah! Yeah, we, uh, we yeah. might have a job for more yeah, than half a year. so cool. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty exciting. The, and, then, and then someone immediately is like, oh... We can't suck. <laughs> it's like it's no, like, yeah. There's also not, that. It's like the final season of Breaking Bad. Every one of those episodes. Well, I mean, every that whole everything on that show is great. But you just know it's going to be heightened. Everything's good. And then if we're like, oh yeah, what was that? What was that crappy thing that was on after that just wasn't as good? Like, yeah. It's like I have, here's the here's here's the here's the headline you don't want to see in the paper the next day. Low winter done. <laughs> yeah, you need you need to pick a title of your show that like can't be an easy, yeah. pl- easy pun on how shitty you are. It's basically. impossible though. Yeah. Blow winter sun. I'm sorry, I'm not going to submit these to anybody. <laughs> but, and if they come out, don't don't point fingers at me. <laughs> But it's like gotta, that thing in Spinal Tap when they review for Shark Sandwich and the whole review is just shit sandwich. And they're like, yeah. can they say that? Is that can they do that? <laughs> the, uh, you, know, the, you know, what fascinates me is, uh, is, the, uh, is the pitch thing. Like you alone in a room. With, yeah, it's the, well, it's also with, the antithesis. I mean, you're with these other people. You're with, you're with, you're with all the executives. There's a couple of people from the studio on my side, but they're not talking because it's up, up to me to talk. And it's all the main executives at AMC, all the creative executives and their boss uh, from New York. So, uh, are you, and it's the antithesis of why are you relatively comfortable? I've gotten better. I mean, I used to hate it, hate it, hate it. Um, um, I can have a conversation and I can sit and talk like this forever, but like, you know, you didn't get into writing to go be, you know, do a big PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, yeah. That's not, you know, it's a solitary exercise. So, um, so the whole selling aspect is really, it's antithetical to me. Um, you know, I tried to be as sort of casual about it as possible and just have a conversation. But yeah, but without I've being attached. I mean, you yeah, have to sell it. Yeah, exactly. You are selling it. Um, so it was, it, it's it's hard and it's weird. And you feel, and then, you know, you know, I practiced it twice before I did it, which then makes you immediately feel like you're practicing the you're same lines. And then lines, you feel like you're yeah. a phony. Yeah, you yeah. know, so uh, it's a little, it's tricky. It's... Um, did you practice it in front of somebody? I practiced it in front of the pers- people from the studio twice. Oh, okay. oh wow. The um, people, and they were also there? They were there on my side, yeah. And you know, having to pretend like they were hearing it for the first time. Yeah. Like, isn't it clever? He just came up with that one-liner. Yeah, right. Oh, boy. Just out of the blue. Wow, yeah. Um, but you really, you've got to run through 
why it's important to you too. My agent who I really love, um, he told me he, Matt Weiner who runs Mad Men is one of his clients. And uh, he's like, you know, Matt Weiner, when he was doing that show, he said to me, I want to do a show about divorced parents. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. He's like, I want to do a show about bad parenting. And that was the prism in which he did it. And obviously it's a million other things. Did, but if you it, know, it, no one else has to know that, that you're thinking about something in that way. But if you know thematically and it grounds you within it, then then it's helpful, you know? And so... For your you, pitch. Just for your pitch, but certainly for the writing, you right. know? I mean, like you, you just, you can understand your connection to it, at least it's on a literary sub, it's level. It's subtext. Yeah. And so if you can then present that in that pitch a little bit of why why you need to do this, why somebody else couldn't have done it, you know, then, um, and it, and they have confidence that you're connected to the material. Yeah. Then I think that's, it obviously matters what you say and what that content is, but really you're selling, they're about to invest money that you, with the understanding that you understand this material better than they do. Because if you don't, then you should, they shouldn't hire you. You're passionate about it for a reason. Exactly. And through some kind of experience. Exactly. So I, so I tried, I tried to, I tried to articulate that and, 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 and and sincerely, I mean, not, not saying lines. I mean, I really, and it forces you to think why you want to do it and why it's important to you and what thematically you're going to try to draw out of it. And of course, if you make, if you think that stuff and then, and then you realize that what you're thinking is not, I mean, I imagine you could go through that process and realize like, wait, I'm, this is bullshit. Right. No, but exactly. But then you could come out on the other end going like, I really do think these things and this is getting me more excited about the project. That's exactly And now right. I'm going to go in and show them that. Because you, you always have to be like, okay, what is this about? I used to have this conversation with a woman I worked at Rolling Stone with. Like, she'd be like, be like okay, I've got this story and I'm, I'm doing it. And I said, well, what's it about? And she said, well, it's, you know, it's about, you know, this band. And I went on the road with them and then this happened and this happened. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, that's what happened. What's it about? Like, you know, and... and you need to find that and, and whether or not it's a profile of somebody or a, or a TV show, you know? And so it's too easy just to have something be a string of things that happen and they're compelling and that's fine. But then at the end of it, it's like, you know, it's like eating Chinese food. Like you're, you, it's great. And then, you know, you're hungry half an hour later. That is, I think that's such a key thing to like, like, like true original creativity. And it's a lot of what we started doing at like the daily show. For a long time, it was sort of like, okay, here's here's a story that happened in the news. We explain the story and do a punchline, and we explain, you know, right. show a little bit more of the story and do a punchline. And then we got we got to a point now where we're talking less about that because that's easy, right? And we're talking more about, okay, well, what what is this about? What does this mean to us? What does it lead to? What does this remind us of? So, what is it that we're trying to say? And then we'll use this to do that, right? And and that's what makes it interesting and, and there's just a, there's a de- yeah, there's a depth to it i mean and if you if you do it too on the nose it becomes like heavy-handed and pedantic and it's not right. good but but as long as if you know it it will be in there it's like also doing, not it's original like, because anybody can do that exactly. there are a lot of people that can do that but only you can do what you envision and what you what you get out of it's something. like doing research for writing like you need to you need to like learn everything you possibly can and then trust that it will be in what you write, but don't try to put it all in there. If you put it all in there, it's going to be clunky. But if you have right? it straight if in your you know head, it, yeah. then you just know the way these people will move through the world. And it's in there. And But people get they get insecure and they want to show everything they know. And then it's not good or dramatic. You know? Right, right. But if you know it and you start writing something, It'll then just you'll be just in automatically edit the stuff out that doesn't work. Totally. Because you'll know. Totally.
This is priceless shit. I should start charging for it. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad there's no, it's, the cost is zero to listen to. <laughs> for now, you better get on the bandwagon while you can, blockheads. That's my fake name for people that I pretend are following me. What is the? Can you monitor how many people are? are, Yeah, yeah. There are like seven of. Well, my my, you know now my family will will listen. So now you know that makes (laughs) fourteen. No, there's a you know there's a um, there's there's a decent chunk of you know, uh, and that's never what I really thought of anyway. You know, it's the same kind of thing we're talking about. It's like if you, if the focus of what you're doing is who's going to who's going to listen and and what the play, what the pleasure right. other people are going to get right. out of it is then then you're not going to be able to bring you know whatever it is that you're getting out of it to right. it and then so there's so there's little heart and soul in it right so it's like you don't get you in the your normal life you don't get to like geek out and talk about all this writing exactly. stuff that no, much and it's, and it's it's it's, yeah. it's fun and in, in context if you do it at like while you're sitting like out to dinner with somebody or a Self involved pain in the ass. So it's like never for like an hour where right, we're just talking exactly. back and forth like this. And and you know, as much as I'd like to, you know, catch up with other stuff with you, this is a conversation that we've never really had in any right. detail. And so it's really fun to do. And like especially a couple of guys don't just sit down and ask each other like how their day is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm really interested in what you do. Yeah, what's you, what are you thinking about? <laughs> um so uh, where, where 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 do we get up there? Oh, we're talking about oh that, that 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 great idea of you have to figure out what something is about, what it means to you, and then as you convey that, that makes it easier for you to um, convey something to the people that are going to pay to get it done and and have them interested in you doing it and not just something and just else. and, and yeah, to feel Somebody to feel else. some ownership of it again because I mean I think I think the best shows to me. On, on TV or things that were very personal to people. I mean, like, I think, you know, David Simon spent 25 years as a crime reporter in Baltimore before he wrote The Wire, you know? And like, it's like, it's in there. He, like, he 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 knows that inside right, out. Right. David Chase started The Sopranos because he wanted to write about his issues with his mom, his real life mom. And so it, it, literally the beginning of that show was supposed to be about Tony and an overbearing mom, you know? And... Um, yeah, her role it, just got depleted over the. Well, um, she she passed away at the end of the first season, so they like literally had to change. You mean the actress? The actress. Oh, wow. so it changed the course of that show. But um, you know, you know, Breaking Bad is like clearly like a personal vision about that. It's Vince. It's only Vince. I don't think anyone but Vince Gilligan could have created that show. You know, so. I, and, and I'm in no way even. I'm not trying to equate me with them. You're, no, you're putting yourself. I, I, yeah, in no, 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 not even project, remotely. Chris, no, 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 not even remotely. But <laughs> but you when you realize the things there's a, there's a translation to oh wait that that only that person could do that show. So you have to to the best of your ability make whatever you're doing have that kind of ownership um, of it, and then and then be able Personal to articulate theory. that to other other people because you work with the staff, right? Um, and so. You know what is that for you? And we all, you know, you all try, and then you know we we do the best we can. You but know, how is the, um, uh, you know, uh, how is the new show like? What is it that drew you to that then? And, and, well, you and know, how did fun- you, like well, you it was, it was, it was funny because it was yeah, it was an it was an adaptation in the bones of of the setup of the pilot. I mean, really, pretty quickly after. The, is it called Low Winter Sun? Called Low Winter, Winter Sun okay. again. Great title. It's the title. Uh, I can say that because I didn't invent it. Um, okay. uh, it's the idea that in certain northern hemispheres, there's in the winter, the sun gets so low that it's blinding and you can't find your way forward. 
um, and all the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it just sounds cool. For me, you know, figuring out if I could adapt it and could make it into something that I, you know, that resonates for me. I, I, I always saw the whole thing about second chances and what are people willing to do to get a second chance. And so, and I wanted to set it in a place that where the place would be a character and it was, it was very much the same. I mean, like, can Detroit get a second chance? And can these characters do, what are you willing to do? You know, oh, so it's, it's the same stakes are it, at stake for the location. Yeah, itself. exactly. Um, and then also realizing that there's, there's a real both pride and defensiveness that comes with people in that kind of place. And I'm, I'm not from Detroit, but I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. And there's the same kind of feeling. It's sort of a Midwestern feeling, but it's also like there's, there's this chip on your shoulder. You're simultaneously defensive and offensive. Like, you know, you, um, you have a chip on your shoulder, but yet you think like, you know, like we do things right. This is, this is real. We, you know, we're real and they're not, you know, uh, however much BS that is. And so, there's a feeling about that and the, and those characters and the way they move through that world that that makes sense to me and I understand. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I've never been a cop. Uh, I've never been a low level criminal. I've and this show starts with two cops who murder a fellow cop because he uh, killed one of their girlfriends, and then you start to realize that one of the guys might have played the other one. So obviously, you know, you don't have to have done something like that to try to get into the psychology of people of like. To me, it's like, okay, why do these people stay in Detroit? Like, why do they say, why are they risking their lives for a city that is dying in some ways um, and yet clings to this hope and is kind of, there's little pockets of, of, of life and hope, you know? It was a city so that- that's the bigger kind of umbrella? Yeah, yeah. And and um, and so it's been really fun to play around with and, and, and find out, you know, it's it's always about shared humanity, right? So, and and, and so how do you- how do you do that with these these people? And there's sort of a there's an intersection in this in this of uh, the cop who was murdered by these two, by his two fellow cops. It suddenly was about to be investigated by Internal Affairs, which we didn't that we don't know at the beginning. And then that, he, he was about to be. Yeah, they 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 murder him. They fake a suicide. The next day they go into work, and Internal Affairs is there to investigate the dead cop. And one of the two guys who killed him realizes, like, oh my god, I might have been played by the other guy. Then simultaneously, in a parallel storyline. They're these sort of young, up and coming, like literally just kind of like, you know, stick up boys, you know, that that have been paying off the dead cop. And, th- and they want to try to take down this bigger guy. And they think, oh, my God, he, the bigger guy must know we're trying to take him down and kill the d- dead cop like he's coming after us. So all, everything starts to intersect. But it's all about. But all these people are motivated by stuff that we, we know is not necessarily true. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so and so it gets to be this kind of fun, hopefully, thriller. But it's also, it's about, this is an opportunity. Somebody else's disaster is somebody else's opportunity. And, and why, why, do you t- why do you take such pride in a place that you also hate? Um, and, and, and why are you willing, what are you willing to do to survive? Um, so it's fun. I mean, it's, it's good stuff to play around with. I mean, like as, as, a, as, a, as a new father and having a new feeling of that whole, like, not why do you take so much pride in something you hate, but, you know, kids are hard as shit. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you can... You no can one really sits day. you down and tells you clearly enough beforehand. No, you, can, you can go all day talking about... Oh, a lot of people don't tell you seriously enough afterhand, you know, yeah. because they want to you know, want you to believe you can, that everything's great and that kids are fantastic. And, yeah. and uh, there, there are all kinds of moments, but 
it's fucking it's a, it's a gig it's the biggest challenge ever in the world to not only you but to your relationship it's just, I mean, and it's, it's just relentless strain. it's relentless relentless you know and it, that and how do you how you deal with it is the amount of grace that you have you well know? the amount of grace that you have <laughs> yeah. but also but also the 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 main the main thing is the amount of love that you have that you didn't know that you had. Right. I mean, did you, this so like if you're talking about how do you stay in a place like Detroit? Well, for whatever reason, they they're they're attached to it in a way that you can't understand. Yeah, and a lot of times just because that's your existence. Like, how do you leave your home? It's it's identity. I mean, it's I mean, it really it, it, it that's absolutely right. I mean, if I go from here, who if I go from here, who am I? And some of that's fear, and some of that's pride, and where they, I don't know. It's, it, it, I think yeah, like it's, this it's is my aquarium. Yeah. You know? No, it's, it's, and it's sort of fascinating because it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting to, and then you throw tests so up against have, those people. Did you have that kind of idea in your head and then find Low Winter Sun? Were you already, did you already know Low Winter well, Sun and you had always thought like this could make well, a good thing? Well, it's funny. Uh, when AMC asked me to do something for them, they had about five different things that they wanted to try to do. Low Winter Sun was one of them. Um, so I'd seen the original. Um, I'd actually seen, but the, only after they kind of no, no. It before, to you? before, oh, you knew once I knew I was going to do something for them, yeah, I looked at all the five things they had, but okay. they hadn't told me about anything. They wanted me to come in and, uh, and they wanted I was supposed to come to them with six ideas. They wouldn't. They would come to me with three. I think was the deal. Um, so I go in and I pitch all, out all my things and give them these six ideas, and I was like, well, for I, six separate shows, six separate shows that I might want to do for them. Good um, God. I know. That seems like a lot. It was a little bit. It was a, it wasn't a it wasn't nothing. Wow. Um and so and so I uh so I go and I lay them all out, it goes really well, and I say, Well, I want to hear what yours are. And they're like, they said, uh they said, you know what? You've given it this is great. These are great. I you've given us so much to think about. We love this. This we don't we're not even gonna tell you ours. I'm like, great. I go home, and there were two in particular that I would have been really interested in doing. Um I was like, that couldn't have gone better. About three days later, they call me back and they say, like, that was great. We loved your stuff. We're not going to do any of them. No. No, no. no. But, but, but it was, it was really great. Strong. Anyway, we have this thing. It's called Low Winter Sun. And the good news is of the five things that they, I knew that they had, that was the one that was – that was the only one that I really felt like I could wrap my head around. Oh, okay. So you um, – okay. You know, I thought it was great. I, I think I thought it was great. It was so funny. It ends really ambiguously. So I'd seen it. So they sent it to me and I watched it for the second time at that point. And it ends. And there are these two episodes. And I actually emailed them and said, that's great. Can you send me the rest of them? And <laughs> then I was like, wait a minute. What because are the odds that it. both times they only sent me two parts and because like, it just ends. But, um, so I, but I, I, so I, there, was, there was a core of that that was really great and I loved. And then one of the two main ones that I pitched them that I liked, I just had this feeling I could essentially fuse it right. to Low Intersong. I remember my wife was like, "Don't they?" And told that's you. where some of that—that's uh, the whole other sec- second story. Other second story came in. Like, there's the, there's half of it that was just something else I was going to do on Nilu its own. You? What did Nilu, Nilu was like, "She's like, they told you they didn't want to do your thing. You can't go back to them and say like you're putting it in there." I'm like, "No, I, I think it works. Like, I think they, I think they like it." And in retrospect, this woman at AMC, I told that story to her. She's like, "No, no, no. I, I, you know." I wanted you to do that. I'm like, well, she didn't tell me, but like, I, I just kind of felt like it made sense because I, right, yeah. Right. So um, I fused one of the things I was going to do to the thing they had and sort of figured out ways to open up the world of the existing Low Winter Sun. Which and, is what, you know, what what better scenario really? You're, you're giving them something that clearly they want, but you're injecting something 
of your own to make it part to of To feel yours personal, too. yeah. You know, I mean, for that to get accepted is a good thing because, you know, like, you know that when it's like, we have an idea, but we want to hear yours. Yeah, yeah. Your ideas are great, but we want to yeah. do ours. Yeah. If anyone's listening and getting right for writing advice and, and, and hasn't turned it off because we just keep meandering and digressing. Anytime someone says, pretty if focused. you tell someone an idea and they don't like it and you push it again and then they say, no, we'll give it a try and I'll look, they will never like it. Every single time and it's never worked ever. Like, right. no, no, no. But if you just see it, it'll be good. And we're like, okay, well, you know, why don't you try? Like, no, they already yeah. don't like it. They yeah. will not like it. Was it that? Uh, I, well, I don't want to get in, in too much too, too much stuff. This has been great, and I think we we wrap it this up. This has been so point. much fun. Yeah. But the um, you know a lot a lot of there's so much good stuff on AMC, and uh, um, so you it's, this must be a nice oh no it's totally it's a total I mean honestly I'm the luckiest guy in the world like yeah I mean they there's I mean, six shows on the that. network no I totally I mean totally <laughs> feel it's like great network does great stuff actually supportive and. Different than doing I, I've with never other thought of it like a TV show. I've honestly just thought about it as like this little movie we're making. And mm. I just keep going on that assumption, working on that model until told otherwise. And I still have not been told otherwise. It's great. Awesome. It's well, like I, like I said in my email, I can't wait for it to start so that I can um, email you shitty reviews. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> of each one really? like I did with Criminal Minds. He Mind. did that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like when he did this, but what was that about? I didn't yeah, understand. Yeah. Explain something to you. Yeah, explain I'm the sure guy that. in the background that's just sure. kind of like, you know. It's like, like, it's like a, for the first thing after each show, you check your, e- even before you go to Variety, you check your email to see what I have to, to see say how bad show. How bad did JR <laughs> think it sucked? No, no. It's it only that. sucked like, a seven. No, I, it's just if I don't throw something in there that, that I think is weird or I didn't get, then it's dishonest, isn't it? That's I true. can't just email you saying, oh, this was great. No, was great. well, you could. I wish. Yeah. No, I can't. I physically <laughs> can't. I tried. It was like I spilled coffee on myself. You know, I like, it, just, I could, it couldn't happen. It was very strange. I had a very odd reaction to it. <laughs> so, much appreciated. I know you got stuff to do. Chris Mundy, the show is Low Winter Sun. AMC Sunday's following Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Go, go. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Thanks for talking to me, Chris. Yeah, it was great. Chris Mundy, creator and executive producer of Low Winter Sun, premiering August 11th at 10 o'clock on AMC. Check it out. Let's give him that well-deserved blockhead bump. Time to head into the Writer's Block archives. Today's suggestion is episode six with THE Ed Helms who is mainly acting these days, of course, but continues to write on a regular basis and is more than happy to give credit where credit is due. On the acting side, there is a little bit of crossover, you could say, into writing when we're improvising. Um, I don't really consider that writing. You wouldn't be improvising these lines if the writers hadn't presented you with this entire premise and scene and emotional context. True that. Though I would also say that a big part of writing is being able to improvise in your own head. Oh, I'm sorry, did I just blow your mind? BAM! Check out the rest of episode 6 with Ed Helms at writersblockpodcast.com. Thanks to my co-producer David Klatt, music man Pete Miser, designer Greg Duncan, and illustrator Andrew Lynn. I'm J.R. Havlin. This is Writers Block Podcast. Thanks for listening. Say goodnight, blockheads. Blockheads.